It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Good to have you with us on the Locked on Redskins podcast. And what do you know, for the first time since October 13th, and only the second time this year, the Redskins won a game on Sunday. That's right. That's right. It's now a victory Monday as I record this. And maybe as you listen to this, maybe it's a little bit later. Happy Thanksgiving early. The Redskins win 1916. Over the Detroit Lions. Coming up on the show, we'll have a quick snaps inside the numbers look at how the Redskins got the job done. As well, we'll let you hear from Bill Callahan and Dwayne Haskins. As Dwayne Haskins gets his first NFL win as a starting quarterback, Callahan his second win as interim coach of the Redskins. They improved to 2-9, and nine, beat the Lions, who dropped to 3-7-1, 19-16 on a Dustin Hopkins 39-yard field goal. All right, let's take you through this one uh, real quick before we get to uh, the press conferences from Sunday. Dwayne Haskins was 13 of 29, 156 yards, a bad interception in the fourth quarter, a 47.5 rating. He was sacked and fumbled and lost the fumble uh, on the first series uh, of the game. He was sacked three times overall. So uh, three sacks, a fumble lost, and as well uh, an interception for Dwayne Haskins. It was not a good game. There's no other way to say it. Um, he was close on a couple of throws. And a couple of throws that would have really have put that yardage total, you know, probably around 250, somewhere in that range, if he would have pulled the string on two or three of them. Uh, he overthrew Terry McLaurin on the second drive, wide open in the red zone or in the end zone. Um, he overthrew McLaurin and Kelvin Harmon a couple of times. The one late to Kelvin Harmon on a deep post, I, I agree that. A better throw gets the job done, but I do agree, and Craig Hoffman and I, my colleague at 106.7 The Fan, were talking about this on the radio on Sunday night. We both thought Kelvin Harmon kind of hesitated and, and almost like needed to find a second gear. Maybe I'll feel differently when I go back and take a look at it, but that's kind of the way I felt, and Hoffman noticed the, the same thing. Either way, it was not a good game for Dwayne Haskins, so let's start there, right? Not a good statistical game. A couple of bad decisions. Um, was inaccurate. 13 of 29 obviously screams that. But here's the one thing that I kept saying on my postgame show is 
I can teach mechanics. I can teach footwork. I can teach arm release. I can teach drops. I can teach reads. I can teach different things. Hots, slide protects, all of that stuff. Now, whether or not a player is going to get it and apply it and use it and be good at it and be great at it, that's a whole nother story. It's really hard to do all that. I don't think that'll be Dwayne Haskins. I think he's going to be limited in some way, shape, or form for much of his career. However, what I can't teach him is the rocket arm that he has. He just has a gun. Bottom line. And if he's ever accurate, if he's ever accurate because his mechanics and his footwork and everything's in line, if he's ever accurate, and when he has been accurate in the NFL, and we saw it a couple of times on Sunday, we saw it a couple of times, it looks amazing. The problem is he's probably going to be up and down for at least the time moving forward and maybe for the rest of his career. Who knows? Who knows? It's a very difficult game to play and play well. Um, but I can teach him how to do things better. You, you can't teach somebody arm strength, right? Either you've got it or you don't. Either you can rip it and rip it through any kind of conditions Sunday was a windy day at FedEx Field. It wasn't raining or snowing, but it was a windy day. Maybe it wasn't as bad down on the field as it was around the DMV area, but it was still windy. So there were some adverse conditions in that regard, but Dwayne Haskins can absolutely throw seeds. The question is, is accuracy. He was high he was too strong, too far. But again, I've seen Kirk Cousins do that plenty. I've seen Alex Smith do that plenty. We saw Case Keenum do that a couple of times this year. Ball sale. Balls are thrown. To, it, it, it's hard to get it exactly right. I mean, we, we've all thrown a football, right? How many times do you just overthrow somebody or throw wild past somebody? You're trying. You're trying to time it up. The best coaches in the world can't always get great results. So some of that will be on Dwayne. But the one thing you can't teach him is great arm strength. And he's got it. That's natural. So the bottom line is this. Haskins was pretty good, pretty good, on two final drives to get the Redskins tied up on a game-tying field, field goal by Dustin Hopkins of 42 yards. A nine-play, 54-yard drive in just under four minutes. And then six plays, 33 yards, a 32-second drive. It's not a whole lot in 32 seconds to get the go-ahead and ultimately game-winning field goal from Dustin Hopkins of 39 yards. All right, so I want to go through this real quick. Terry McLaurin had 12 catch, uh, 12 from targets, 12 targets, five catches. That tells you a lot there. Long of 60... Uh, <laughs> Let me start with this. Terry McLaurin had 12 targets, five catches, 72 yards. I mean, again, five catches on 12 targets tells you a lot right there. 72 yards, a long of 26. Kelvin Harmon also had a long of 26, three targets, uh, three catches, rather, six targets, 43 yards, and no scores. Adrian Peterson, one catch, one uh, reception, 
on one target, 22 yards. That was the first play of the game-tying field goal drive on a screen. Paul Richardson back in the lineup, two targets, one catch, six yards. Darius Geis, two targets, one catch, six yards. Um, Jeremy Sprinkle and Wendell Smallwood each had a catch for modest gains. As far as running the football, once again, the Redskins struggled like they did last week. Darius Geis, only 10 attempts for 32 yards, a long of 11. Adrian Peterson, 10 for 27, a long of 7. Dwayne Haskins, 3 for 28, a long of 18, had that big scramble up the middle for the 18-yard gain, also had a 9-yard gain, I think that was on 3rd and 7, I want to say, um, on a scramble there. Once again, Dwayne Haskins continues to be much more mobile than the book on him coming out of Ohio State and something we had talked about all the time. I just thought he was more mobile than people were giving him credit for. And I'm glad it's turned out to be exactly that because I thought I was kind of making that up when I heard a lot of the negative uh, criticism about his mobility. All right, let's go through the defense real quick. Uh, I thought this was where the Redskins shine. Cole Holcomb was all over the place. 13 combined tackles, plus his first NFL sack off the right edge. Landon Collins, 10 combined tackles. Jimmy Moreland, 6 combined tackles. Dropped an interception that could have ended the game. That could have been a pick six. He also almost had a tomahawk chop sack. Uh, He didn't get credit for either, uh, but he almost stripped the ball out of Jeff Driscoll's hand coming from behind, which ultimately led to a sack for the Redskins on defense. Uh, I think that was the uh, – I think that was uh, Ryan Anderson who got credit for that particular sack. Um, but I could be wrong on that. Uh, speaking of all of that, right – Actually, I'm sorry, it was Sean Dion Hamilton. Sean Dion Hamilton that got credit uh, for that particular sack. So Hamilton had a sack. Ryan Anderson had a sack. Cole Holcomb had a sack. John Allen had a half a sack. Ryan Kerrigan had a half a sack and a concussion. Matt Ioannidis had a whole sack. Montez Sweat had a whole sack. So the Redskins racking up six sacks on the day. Certainly very good. Now, interception-wise, how about Fabian Moreau? Two of them, including the game-ending interception over the middle and a beautiful interception in stride right around the Redskins 10, 11-yard line earlier in the game because he was playing on the outside with Josh Norman benched. Quentin Dunbar with a beautiful interception. That set up the game-winning field goal attempt. He just mirrored the route, cut underneath, bam. And as we mentioned, Dwayne Haskins with a fumble. He lost it on the first series of the game. And the Redskins had three forced fumbles in this game. Holcomb, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen. So that was good. Um... And just one recovered, Monte Nicholson. Monte Nicholson uh, also had a miscommunication on a touchdown, uh, or maybe not a miscommunication, just not a crisp execution of signs of of, of uh, coverage. Ryan Kerrigan got bumped off um, and and went to the flat, and Logan Thomas, the former Virginia Tech quarterback, ran a basically an out and up 
if you will, or a corner, uh, I think it was, and ran away from Monte Nicholson, who was late in getting over after initially, again, being covered by Ryan Kerrigan. Ryan Kerrigan playing a little zone, and he jumped the flat uh, because there was a flat receiver uh, going out there. All right, so that's our weird uh, numbers look, if you will, at this particular football game when we return. We will have Bill Callahan and his press conference right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you aboard. What's up, guys? It's Chris Russell, Locked On Redskins. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Not to go to work, not to go to the store because you forgot something, but ready to go to the bedroom. That's right. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed, fellas. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, and you can be ready to go whenever the opportunity comes about. If you could benefit from a little extra function, fellas, and more confidence where it matters, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew. Is prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. If you visit BlueChew.com, you get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code locked on. Just pay $5 shipping again. That's B L U E Chew.com. Promo code locked on to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. Get it now, guys. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, we are back. And to FedEx Field we go. As Bill Callahan got his second win as interim head coach of the Washington Redskins. Okay, that was a that was a good win for our team today. Uh, I am really proud of the way our guys fought, how uh, the resilience held up, held in there, and just so their overall grit and the way that they they battled throughout the four quarters. Really proud of our team, and uh, really good to come out of the winning end of this. And uh, couldn't be more proud of a, of a group of guys in that room, and you know the struggles that we've gone through, and to come out with a win today was huge for us. Bill, at the end of the game, we saw Case Keenum coming out to do the kneel down for V formation. Can you explain like what happened there? Um, why Dwayne wasn't in on that play? TV cameras seem to show him off. We're looking for him. <laughs> we were looking for him too. Yeah, um, I think he thought the game was over. I think he thought it was over. So uh, yeah, we'll have to find out. I'll have to find out a little bit more. I know that we called for the the U victory formation and and Case. Uh, came out on the field. Uh, there was a report that you challenged the team last night during the team meeting. Can you shed some light on, on maybe what that challenge was? Well, I, I think, 
you know, those uh, those moments are private, and uh, I think coaches always challenge their team, you know, in a lot of different ways. And uh, they responded today, I think, extremely well, you know, and and uh, they came out fast. We, you know, we came out, made some big plays early. Uh, I really credit our special teams. I mean, wow, uh, you know, I, I look at Coach Kasser and what he has done with that unit um, from the return game with. Uh, Simsy making the long play on, on the kickoff return uh, to trust way, obviously to hop winning it out. I mean, those guys, uh, they're a great group of guys and he's worked extremely hard. I'm glad to see that his unit, you know, really, really shined today and uh, created some really good field position uh, in some really tough times. But uh, my hat goes off to coach Katzer and the special teams unit for the fine job that they've done today. Well deserved. With Dwayne not being able to go back out on the field at the end, is that something you kind of just kind of laugh at? It's a funny thing, or I mean, a lot's well, no, being made no, of that. No, I don't laugh at it. I'm I'm, I'm happy we won. Uh, we'll address that, but uh, I'm just so I'm just I'm pleased that we really won won the game, and uh, it's you know the, the interception was fabulous, you know, to close it out, and uh, I don't know if I, I don't know. I just have to find out. And then on uh, timeout. With about 20 seconds left, and then you kicked right after that? Yeah. Any thought to taking the clock down further? Absolutely. Or? Could have burned a little bit more time off. Absolutely. Coach, we saw a couple times where receivers were running wide open and Dwayne overthrew them. Um, a couple other overthrows. Do you attribute that more to mechanics, or is that a nerves thing for a young quarterback, or what do you think? Uh, I, I believe it's a part of the, the, the growing uh, experience of a young quarterback. Um, whether he pulls the trigger too quick, too fast, or puts too much on it, and, or trusts too much and doesn't calculate well well enough at times, uh, I think all those variables are in play. Um, but you know, he, he he put the ball in position where it couldn't get picked, and I think that's a smart play. You know, it does get overthrown at times, and does you know if the trajectory is a little bit. Uh, deeper, a little bit wider, much more preferred than having it low and inside or down inside where it becomes uh, potentially a contested or a pickable type play. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, there were some times, you know, that he, he did lay it out there. Uh, I think he trusts his receiver speed and uh, let him run under the catch, run under the ball. I think that's a pretty common, pretty common thread in terms of throwing the ball a little bit more vertical, which we did today. Bill, you guys are already without a bunch of veterans on on a day to day right now. Anyway, then Josh Norman doesn't play essentially on defense. Was it a benching, and if so, what led to the decision to not go with him? Yeah, we we addressed that during the week. Um, myself, Coach Minuski, Coach Horton, uh, all sat down on Thursday and uh, had a really good discussion and dialogue with Josh. Uh, you know, he he's been fighting through some injuries this year, and. Uh, you know, it's it at times. You know, we like to have some plays back for him, but I think overall, um, you know, Josh is a, a competitor that I really respect and, and I love, and and he's an integral part of our football team. And today was really his decision uh, when he came to the stadium as to whether or not he wanted to be activated or inactive because of the fact that he is battling through a lot of a lot of things. And so, uh, with that being said. Um, you know, he elected two, which I was proud of, you know, because he did it in the Minnesota game for us, you know, when he, uh, when he was injured. And um, he played in that game. 
and if we needed him today, he certainly he would have stepped up in an emergency role again today as well. So, you know, I, I love Josh, and I'm you know proud of him. You know, in the way he's he's handled things, and uh, he's a true pro in a lot of ways. And uh, you can't say enough about his professionalism. So, Bill, to follow up on that, would he then go back into the starting lineup if he is healthy or when he's healthy? I think we'll look at everything again and, you know, reevaluate everything going back into the week and see where we're at as we start the week preparation uh, for Carolina. Bill, uh, we talked a little bit about the end of the game with the clock there, but at the end of the first half, you guys choose to not give really a a full shot at the two-minute, go with the pass play on third and one, and and the clock seemed to be kind of an interesting selection or sequence of choices there. Can you walk us through what you're thinking there in terms of clock situation, giving Dwayne reps in the two-minute and the factors that go into that? Yeah, I think we're – I can't recall the situation exactly per play, um, but I just remember that, you know, we had had a chance, you know, to advance it in – we had that third and one we didn't make, you know, um, as we elected to throw, we didn't make, we didn't convert it. And, uh, yeah, I think, you know, you know, if we had it back again, you know, it's always, you know, always a time where you can do something different. But uh, I thought it was a good play call. I thought, uh, you know, what Kevin called at the time was right for what we wanted to do. Bill, can you discuss with us Fabian Moreau and how he played in this particular game? We have asked you plenty of questions about him struggling in games, but in this particular mm-hmm. game, he played on top his first interception, and then he jumps the ball to seal the seal mm-hmm. the game. Can you talk a little bit about some yeah, of how I think he, he played? He played pretty good. I, I, I wouldn't know until I sit down and evaluate the film and look at it in its totality and and really give you a, a better answer tomorrow. But I think overall, generally, I thought uh, there were times that you know I thought our coverage was tight. There were times where you know you'd like to be a little bit better. Uh, we, we still have a lot of work to do in a lot of areas. You know, they ran the ball pretty well against us. Uh, but even still, you know, I thought we were resilient. We had good resolve and, and came back and made the critical stops when, need, when we needed to make them on defense. And, uh, yeah, again, you know, the field position game was critical today. And it was good that we had the win in the fourth quarter, you know, and we elected to take it and uh, utilized it pretty well with Dwayne. Another game where we saw a lot of usage out of Wendell Smallwood, you know, particularly in those passing sets. What is it he's bringing to the table that maybe Geis isn't or needs to do to win that role? I think they all have uh, they all have good roles. You know, they all have good um, opportunities to play in different roles. And uh, like I said earlier during the week, I said, you know, Coach Jordan does a really good job of managing uh, the strengths and weaknesses of the backs, and according to what plays are in, what plays are being utilized. Uh, I, I think we'll feature the backs appropriately, and we try to balance that out from a tendency standpoint as well. Coach Callahan, Coach um, can you speak on the defense? I see, since that they blitzed more today, they're a little bit more aggressive um, versus times in the season where they were playing more passive, more off the ball. Was that a decision from you or just what you game plan for the Lions? Well, I, I think it was in the plan to begin with, and I thought – you're right. In the second half, we applied a little bit more pressure uh, on third down. I know that we caught them off guard a few times uh, in a third down situation where we've got them to turn the ball over on downs and make them punt. But uh, yeah, I like the I like the mix today. I like the balance of what we did from zone, pressure, man, and also you know whether we were dropping eight or just rushing four. I I, I like the balance and I like the mix. I thought uh, Greg did a really good job with that. All right, that is Bill Callahan after his team's 19-16 win over the Detroit Lions. They'll visit the Carolina Panthers in Charlotte next Sunday. Will the Washington Redskins. Coming up next, Dwayne Haskins. Meanwhile, I want to tell you guys about 
our friends at Away. Away creates thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on during checkout. Listening on the go? If you can't visit Away right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com slash offers. How about that? Back in a flash. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, it is Chris Russell with you. Let's go back out to FedEx Field. Starting quarterback, Dwayne Haskins. We're going to save the controversy uh, for later, but you'll hear him touch on, uh, on on what happened at the end of the game. We're going to save that for the next episode, just so you guys know, uh, because there's different layers uh, to this. We just don't have the time to properly address it, but Dwayne Haskins will answer a question or two about it. Here we go. Dwayne, take us through the emotions. You had a couple of drives of 50-plus, 30-plus, tie the game, win the game on the field goals there late, getting your first NFL win, what it felt like. I felt great. Um, just the opportunity to play this game and um, lead my guys and have some fun doing it. It was a great, great win. Got to ask, where were you on the kneel down? I was so hyped. I think I broke a water bottle. Um, <laughs> I look up and we're in victory. I said, oh, I thought the game was over with already. But uh, I get it next time. Congratulations on your first win. Um, but I also have to ask you, couple receivers running free in the end zone you overthrew them was that a nerves deal you had some overthrows today or was that you're hurried or what do you, what do you attribute that to we're just pretty banged up see that one more time we're just pretty pretty banged up our wrist right wrist that happened during the game mm-hmm. overall how'd you feel you played throughout this seems like this or both games the last two you've gotten better in the fourth quarter statistically do you feel like you you grew within this game and kind of found it again just like you did against Closer. the jets yeah that's what i do and um every opportunity gets to have the ball in my hand try to help the team win can, can you elaborate when did you hurt your wrist how hurt is it i'm good Dwayne, granted you haven't been here for the entire two years, but what this fan base has been through more than a year since a home win as a kid who grew up in this neck of the woods. Do you know what, the, what it means to, the, to these fans and how good it is to, to win at home? Well, I bet it means a lot. Um, there's Bullis fans and fans from um, other high schools in the area who go to the games. And, you know, it's just surreal to me because growing up in this area, I know how important it is for us to win football games. And uh, now that I'm part of this and I'm the guy running the show, it uh, means that much more to me to get a win at home and uh, do it for my family and for the people supporting Redskins. Uh, Dwayne, just to be clear, you were caught on TV posing for selfies with fans. Was that when the game was over or was that while, the, while they were over. in victory? Over. Uh, can you go over the throw to Terry there to set up the field goal if you haven't already and also your scramble earlier on the last drive? Yeah, um, 
play at Terry. Uh, we're looking for Trey. Um, he didn't exactly win the way I wanted to, to throw it, so I progressed in my progression. Um, stuck up in the pocket. Terry made a great play on, on a really good corner, and um, he did a great job. And then the scramble, uh, I was just getting flush up in the pocket, making a play, getting the first down, and uh, uh, so I was two plays one. Dwayne, you talked about being a closer. Can you give us an idea of, of what that's like taking the field offensively? Things hadn't gone great most of the day. For you to stay confident that you guys could move the ball, you could make some big throws when you needed to? Mm. Uh, whatever happened in the game, it's over with. Uh, new series, new opportunity, new play. Um, it's just the new play mentality we have here. And, um, of course, you learn from what happened previously, but you don't go into a new series with, oh, we messed up on this play last series or – a couple of series ago, we didn't score, and um, every opportunity we get to go on the field is an opportunity to to make plays, to uh, to score points. And um, that last drive was just uh, us coming together as offense and making some plays. You seem to play better at the end of the game when it was all on the line. Particularly, I want to know about that one scramble when you got up and you were kind of flexing after the, the you took the hit. Is that when you got a sense that you, you guys were moving the ball well and you, you could potentially win the, the game? I knew we win the game before we even played. So um, it's a matter of executing. And um, I missed some throws, and that's part of playing the position. But uh, that last series was this opportunity for me to bow up and um, you know make it happen for my guys. And defense did a great job today. Special teams did a great job. And that last series was all on me as far as helping the offense go down the field and make something happen. And um, I looked everybody in their eyes in that, in that, in that huddle and uh, told them we were going to do it. We did. Uh, Dwayne, you uh, put your arm around Terry after he made that big catch in the fourth quarter, and you all had about eight or nine seconds together there. He looked at you and smiled. What would you say to him? Um, yeah, he talked to me. He's just telling me about the culture and how um, we're a part of this, and we're going to make big changes around here. And uh, we missed miss some plays. Um, I missed him. We, we dropped a couple, and that's just a part of the position. But I never gave up on none of the guys, throwing any of them, and uh, they never gave up on me. And uh, – that play was just a testimony of um, overcoming adversity throughout the game. And um, at that moment was special for me because, I mean, even back in college, Terry was one of the first guys to believe in me. And um, we're on the same team together. I think he's a great player, a great dude, even better person. And uh, at this step, that play right there was just us trusting each other to make it happen and, um, you know, never giving up on one another. And uh, we just shared that moment together, knowing we are going to be here for a while and we're going to win a lot more games like that. Following up on that, how many – similar discussions did you guys have during the game because a lot of the times your misses were to Terry um, so what are the conversations like him to you you to him during the game to, to make that yeah, moment I mean, finally happen playing a good corner so uh, my philosophy going into that game was never to underthrow Terry because of how good the corner was and um, he plays the ball pretty good so um, if I was going to miss I was going to miss deep I was going to miss out wide and uh, so he wouldn't have the opportunity to put the hands on the ball and um you know, we talked about it. I missed him, and you know, could have connected on some of it. But I mean, still had five catches, still had 72 yards, and he makes great plays, makes contested catches. He does not care who's guarding him; he's going to win. So that's why I'm proud of him. All right, that is going to do it for us right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. Wayne Haskins meeting with reporters at FedEx Field. The Redskins win 19-16. It is a victory Monday. Thanks for being with us. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Back as soon as we possibly can with another episode of the Locked On Redskins podcast. Adios. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.